Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. Good morning. I am so excited to see all of you this morning, and I am going to dismiss the kids, but first I thought, do you guys want to hear a joke? Okay. All right, here we go. Okay, so there's these two brothers... And they're staying at their grandparents' house, you know, before Christmas. And the one brother says, I think that we should pray before we go to to bed. And so they they knelt down to say their prayers. And the other brother says, God, please, I want a bike and a video game. And the other brother said, why are you shouting? God is not deaf. And he said, no, but grandma is. (laughs) All right, you kids can go to your class with Miss Dana. You like that one? Thanks. I picked it just for you guys. (laughs) Well, I am really excited to share with you today. And today is the first Sunday of Advent. It's the first Sunday in December. And can you believe that Christmas is three weeks from today? All the moms are like, okay, just take a deep breath. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. So I'm going to preach to you today a message about hope. And uh, my opening scripture is from Lamentations 3, verse 25. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for the the hope that you bring. We thank you for December, for Christmas time, for all of the joy in this season. And God, I pray that you would help me to speak a message of hope, that each person that is here, that each person that is listening online, God, would just get a spark of something that would remind them why we have hope. I thank you, Jesus. Amen. So like I said, Christmas is coming. It's the season of Advent. And hope is all about confident expectation. So it's like expecting God to move, expecting God to bless you in this life and in eternity. So where is your hope this Christmas season? What are you eagerly anticipating? And if you're trying to imagine what hope looks like, for me, I think about a kid on Christmas morning. I think about like that moment where you're so excited and you know, you've got a Christmas tree. Maybe you've got a Christmas tree. I don't know. Sometimes we had one, sometimes we didn't, and you know, there's a present waiting for you, and you don't know what it's going to be, and you're so excited, and you're just full of hope. So I have a picture of uh, Abigail, five years old. This is a picture of hope fulfilled. She was five years old, and Mike caught this picture. This is just pure joy, and I don't know if she was anticipating a Care Bears coloring book, but she was very excited. Just like that moment where you realize something is coming, something good is coming, and just the joy. I mean, how cute is five-year-old Abigail? I love that. So when I was a kid, I, like Abigail, had high hopes for Christmas. Like, uh, gift-giving is high on my love languages. I just love anticipating things. I love presents, and it just wasn't always that 
great. And I remember one year, um, my grandma let the cat out of the bag and mentioned that she had sent money to my mom to buy me a Christmas gift. And I, and like, what did, what did you get for Christmas with the money that I sent your mom? And I was like, grandma gave you money for Christmas and you bought me underwear? Like, I was <laughs> so offended. Like, how could you take money and just buy something so boring? But the thing is, God is not going to disappoint you like getting a really bad gift on Christmas. When you put your hope in him, he is never going to let you down. He is always going to come through. People and things, and sometimes you're going to get a lame Christmas gift. That might even happen this month, but people and things will let you down, but God never will. So let's go back to our opening verse. It's from Lamentations 3.25. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. So the book of Lamentations is a collection of laments, sorrows. Um, it was written by the Israelites after the Babylonians conquered Israel. So their, their country has been conquered. So many people have been taken to serve in Babylon They are just in a time of utter devastation, shame, grief. Everything has been destroyed. And so this is a book of the Bible that is all about how, you know, sometimes things go wrong. We think the author of uh, Lamentations is Jeremiah, so we're just going to, we're just going to assume it might not be, but we're just going to assume that Jeremiah wrote it. He was a prophet, and he had told them, um, guys, you've got to turn back to God. It's going to go wrong. It's going to go bad. And God, in his love, allowed them to be conquered because he wanted them to see their need for him, and he was ready to rescue them when they turned to him. So let's go to um, verse, let's, we, we read chapter, verse 25. Let's back it up to verse, verse 19. I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. So I think we can all relate to this, right? We can all think of a time where we've been afflicted or disappointed or bitter at how things turned out. That might be you right now, or that might be a time that happened a while ago, but it's still affecting you, and it leads to your soul, your mind, will, and emotions just being downcast, and those times, it is easy to lose hope. The Israelites had lost everything. Their land had been taken over, people had been forced to leave their homes and serve in Babylon. It was a time of great anguish, and the author is not ignoring that something really bad is going on. He's not saying this is not happening. He's actually acknowledging this is really bad. We are facing some real problems here. But they say, this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. So what do they remember that gives them hope or confident expectation? Let's read the next verses. Lamentations 3, verses 22 and 23. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. So what was it that gave the author of these verses hope in the midst of devastation, 
it was three things. It was the Lord's great love. God is love. It is his very being. He cannot do anything but love you. He loves you so much that he sent Jesus to live and to die for you. His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. I'm so grateful for in the times of stress, you know, in the morning you wake up, it's a new day. You made it through the day before, today's a new day. His compassions are new and fresh every morning and because of his great faithfulness. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will always be faithful to you. No matter what you're going through, he is going to love you. He's going to care about you. He's going to be faithful to you. So that is why Jeremiah had hope. And that is why we have hope. So when you're feeling down or overwhelmed by the difficulties of life, you can stop, pause, and remember these three things. God loves me. God never runs out of compassion for me. God is always faithful to me. You can pray and you can express to God exactly how you feel. Just like Jeremiah said, I'm remembering the affliction and the wandering, the bitterness, the gall. You can say, this is what's going on. This is really hurting me. This is really difficult. I don't know how I can face this, but I know that you love me. I know that you care about what I'm going through, and I know that you will be faithful to me. Thank you for how you've already demonstrated your love, care, and faithfulness, and I have hope that you will never fail me. So I have been working on this message for um, a little while now, and last Saturday I sat down and I wrote it out, and um, it drives Andrew crazy because I write out literally every word of my sermon, and he says, you should just write the bullet points, but you know, this is the way I do it now. So I wrote out this sermon. I was feeling really good about it last Saturday, and then on Sunday, I got some really, really disappointing news, and I was really, like, surprised, shocked, upset. It just, like, everything, and on last Sunday... I had to preach this sermon to myself, right? I was like, okay, I need to preach on hope, but I'm really disappointed right now. I need to preach on hope, but I need to remind myself of how good you are to me. So literally, last week, I practiced what I am preaching to you right now. I said, God, I know that you love me. God, I know that you care about what I'm going through. And God, I know that you are going to be faithful to me. And so when you are in those times, maybe you're having a hard time right now. Maybe there's something that is just not the way you want it to be. It's not what you want. It's not what you would have asked for. You need to remember to have hope. You need to remember how much he loves and cares for you. So I want to talk to you today about a person in the Bible who exemplified hope. So her name is Anna, and we read about her in Luke chapter 2. So Mary and Joseph, Christmas, he was born in the manger, and then they brought Jesus as a baby to the temple in Jerusalem to consecrate him to the Lord and to offer the required sacrifice. So they went to the temple. They're in Jerusalem, and there's a man named Simeon, who encountered Mary, Joseph, and Jesus at the temple and recognized that Jesus was the promised Messiah. And we pick up Anna's part in the story in verse 36. And there are just three verses 
about Anna in the Bible, but I think that God put her in there for a really special reason. So let's read them. This is Luke chapter 2, verses 36 through 38. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. So Anna is described here as a prophet or a prophetess in some translations. So this means that God recognized her as a person with a gift and position of a prophet. A prophet is someone who hears from God and then speaks what God asked them to say. Jeremiah was a prophet. In, um, we, we read in Lamentations. Anna was a prophet or a prophetess. And she had been married likely at the age of... 13 or 14 back in the day, and then her husband died after only seven years of marriage, and there's no mention of her having children. So at the time that she encountered Jesus at the temple, it says that she was very old. So she was either 84 years old, or she had been a widow for 84 years, making her 104 or 105. So whether she was 84 or 104, that's, that's pretty old. But um, she was there, and she could have given up hope. She was a widow at a very young age. We don't know of her having any children, and she was very young, and her hopes had been dashed. I'm sure she did not think, oh, I really want to only be married for seven years and then be a widow for the rest of my life. No, she could have given up hope. She could have blamed God and said, God, this is not what I wanted you did not come through for me. This is not what I signed up for. And she could have turned her back on God. But instead, what she did is she focused on three things. She dedicated her life to serving. She was a woman, we can tell, that she was filled with hope. So she did three things. She worshipped. She worshipped night and day. It says she never left the temple. But in my research, she probably did not live there, but it means that she just was there constantly. She always was there. She was there night and day. She worshiped all the time, and she fasted. She regularly went without food as a sacrifice to focus more fully on God and prayer. She was a woman of prayer. She was an example of someone who prays without ceasing. So when she encountered Jesus, what did she do? She gave thanks. She recognized that Jesus was the Messiah, and our response to encountering Jesus is the same. We thank God. Thank you, God, that you saved me. Thank you, God, that I know you. She was a woman who spent night and day worshiping and praying. She was thankful for the, the Messiah and that she had the opportunity to meet him. And Anna did not keep the good news to herself. Verse 38 tells us that she spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. I can just imagine Anna, 84 or 104, telling everyone that the Messiah had come. Everyone who needed hope, she was giving her message of hope. She spoke to everyone about Jesus. And I just love the name Anna. It means grace or favor. 
And when I was born, my mom named me Elizabeth, and after the Elizabeth in the Bible, the mother of John the Baptist. And she told my dad that he could pick the middle name, and he picked Anne because he just thought it sounded nice with Elizabeth. So I'm Elizabeth Anne. And uh, when I got a little bit older and I started reading the Anne of Green Gables series, any Anne of Green Gables fans out there? Um, Anne wanted her name to be spelled with an E. It wasn't. She thought Anne without an E was just very plain. And I felt it. I felt the same way, Anne of Green Gables. I feel the same way. Um, and then I like Anna even more than Anne with an E. I like it so much that I had planned to name my second daughter Anna. And after I had Abigail and Andrew, I got pregnant, and I miscarried. And I'm convinced. I'm just sure that it was a girl. And that is my Anna, and she is waiting for me up in heaven. And I was thinking about it today, and I was thinking, I wonder if my Anna knows the prophet Anna. I wonder, you know, I don't know these things. We'll find out when we get to heaven. So when the prophet Anna, when her husband died, she could have given up hope. When my baby Anna died, I could have given up hope. When you've gone through what you've gone through, you could have given up hope. So what has happened in your life that has caused you to want to give up hope? Uh, have you stopped eagerly expecting God to move? When was the last time that you just were so filled with anticipation of what God is going to do in your life? God wants you to be filled with hope. He wants you to be eagerly, confidently expecting him to move. So maybe you haven't lost hope completely. Maybe you've just lost hope in some areas, in a certain part of your life. Maybe you've given up hope for healing or for change or for restoration of a broken relationship, maybe you've given up hope that you could have a life filled with peace or a life filled with joy. Don't give up hope. Remember, like Jeremiah told us, that God loves you. He always cares about you and that he is always going to be faithful to you. Remember Anna and her life of service to God. She spent her life worshiping, praying, and telling others the good news of the Messiah Jesus. And you, like Anna, have the opportunity to meet Jesus. You're not going to meet him as a baby in the temple at Jerusalem, but you could meet him today. We celebrate Jesus' life at Christmas. He came to earth as a baby. He lived a sinless life, and he gave up his life as a sacrifice for me and for you. He died so that you can be forgiven his wounds have provided for your healing. And if you do not know Jesus, today is a great day to put your hope in him. What is today? Today is the 4th, December 4th, 2022. It's a great day to put your hope in him. He wants to save you and give you hope and make you more like him. So if you're here today and you want to choose to follow Jesus, and put your hope in him. We would love to pray for you at the end of service. And if you are watching or listening online, please go to victorychristian.church and click on next steps. We would love to hear from you. So I know that many of you here and listening have already put your hope in Jesus. I believe that he wants you to have hope in every area of your life. And if there's an area in your life where you have given up hope, we would love to pray 
for you. I was uh, reading in my um, daily Bible devotions. I do the Bible in one year, um, Bible reading plan on version, and this is what Nikki Gumbel said about hope. Many people see only a hopeless end, but with Jesus you can enjoy an endless hope. Mike said, say it again. Okay, so many people see only a hopeless end. But with Jesus, you can enjoy an endless hope, an endless hope, a hope that goes on through this life and on into eternity where we get to be with Jesus. And so if there's an area in your life where you've given up hope, we would really love to pray with you today after service if you're here or if you're watching or listening online and you need prayer, you can email us at friends at victorychristian.church. So all of us, like Anna, should take the opportunity to talk to others about Jesus. And Christmas time is a great time to share the good news. She told everyone looking for a Savior that he had come. She had met him, and she had good news to tell. So if you've met Jesus, you have good news to tell as well. So tell someone this Christmas season um, what knowing Jesus has meant in your life. Tell them why you have hope and why they can have hope. Tell them how God has loved you. He's had compassion on you. He's been faithful to you. Invite someone who doesn't usually go to church to come with you to victory. It's a great place to meet Jesus. So I'm going to leave you with this blessing from Romans chapter 15, verse 13. May the God of hope Fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to read that again. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Jesus, we just, we just thank you that you are the God of hope. We have hope because of you. God, we thank you that you fill us with hope, that we can be filled with hope to overflowing. And God, I pray for each person that's here and that is listening, God, that you would fill them with hope this Christmas season and beyond. God, that they would know how much you love them, how much you care about them, and how faithful you are to them, God. Bless each one. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like to know how you can give, go to victorychristian.church.